The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So glad to be here. Continuing our series today, Adventures in Prosperity, and looking at keys to our future, our lives, our church, our world, and really have been exploring some keys. I'm wearing my keys. I have a whole bunch of them today. I have my keys and I can use them. (laughs) I will use them. And uh, our hope is to unlock today, unlock, continuing to unlock the wonderful success, you know, successful living, keys to successful living. And so as I was exploring this topic and putting this series together, it dawned on me that I feel that our teaching has a lot to tell us about true successful living, has a lot to inspire us into successful living. And at the same time, I'm very keenly aware that each one of us has to find our way into the key things that we feel provide us a sense of successful living. What, what that might look like and feel like is that as I live my life and I walk the, the days of my journey, that I understand that success isn't necessarily a destination, but it's a, an experience of the journey. I heard a, a quip this week that said, the road to success is always under construction. <laughs> and it's an invitation, I think, to look at success like that. Like there's not a, an end point where I can say, okay, good, I'm done. I might have projects or things that I work on in my life and I can call them successful and call them complete. And that for each one of us, there are specific keys that we particularly want to engage in as we walk down that pathway towards success and that our teaching can support us in that and that we can utilize this teaching and that ultimately, no matter what I say or anyone else says, uh, includes success and it is about success, each one of us gets to decide that on our own. But here's the thing. It's important for us to really look at this to really have a willingness to ask ourselves, what would a successful life mean for me? When I get to the end of my days, and it is my final day here on this earth, what is it that I will be able to say, because I am, because I'm experiencing, I can claim successful living? I can claim that for myself. And it might be different for each one of us based on our own individual soul's journey. It might be a a whole bunch of things. But if we don't have the courage to look at it, what happens is that we continue to design a life by default. We fall into default and we continue to believe that success is predicated upon some notion that someone else gave us or some example that someone else gave us or some cultural or, or some idea that we heard along the way or that we've been holding ourselves to that really doesn't for us define success. So we get to decide and to live a life that is about our success by default or by design. And I'm inviting us in this week of our Adventures in Prosperity program to consider the possibility that the keys to our success 
are found by us designing them, by us choosing them. And once we've chosen them, we begin then to unlock the potential of our successful living because we've said yes to them. And not only have we said yes, which is just the first step, then we begin to actually live in alignment with that design that we've chosen. We begin to say, because I believe that this is what it means to have a successful life, then here are the things that I am about that are in alignment with that belief. And so that's what we get to do. Now, I'm going to give you some of mine today. I've spent a lot of time brainstorming and made long lists of what they could be and have landed on some myself. But I also, before I get to those, want to start with what I'm pretty sure success isn't. First of all, I believe success most likely isn't about the acquisition of stuff about money and wealth. And while there's nothing wrong with any of that, money and wealth and things and houses and cars and clothes and shoes, they're all fun. (laughs) They're all a lot of fun. And while I know that our teaching, sometimes we get accused of being all about financial good, that's not really who we are. Now, we certainly don't shy away from talking about those things. We certainly do not uh, say that people shouldn't have those things, that that's not part of being spiritual because we believe, as I've been talking about in this series, that everything is in the realm of spirituality. Everything is God expressing. It's just a matter of, for some of us, that realm is a great realm to begin to work with, to express, because it's easy to see the effects of it. As it is, it's easy to see the effects of physical manifestation in the body or things that we attract to ourselves. And so some of us get caught up in that realm because it's an easy realm to go, look, I manifested a car or a house or I I was able to, to work with my consciousness to create greater financial abundance. And that's fun and wonderful. And we must always keep in mind that that, that financial good is the end result of a consciousness often that we seek and that it just coming all on its own without any sense of fulfillment and deepened sense of purpose and intentionality can feel a little bit empty at times. We can get the goody but not really feel good in the goody. And so it's not all about acquisition. And a part of what happens in our culture, in our American culture, is that many of us have gotten caught up with an image of success, that we look at people who have the stuff. And our assumption is because they've got the stuff, they're successful. But I certainly have known people who have not allowed themselves the expanse of true abundance, and that would be for me what comes with the the manifestation of stuff is a sense of fulfillment and alignment with my vision, an alignment with my soul's journey, an alignment with who I say I am, and that is the true experience of abundance. And so it's not just about stuff. I also would say to us that success is not about having or looking perfect at all. We sometimes are also uh, guilty of looking out at someone who appears to have a perfect life or a perfect body or they're perfectly young and beautiful and sexy or whatever, and we think, well, they must be successful. 
And we know that in our life, sometimes the, the looks and the conditions don't necessarily align with our feeling successful, feeling happy, feeling fulfilled, that looks can be deceiving. And so we get to remind ourselves that while it's wonderful and fine and beautiful to be beautiful and to express our unique sense of beautifulness, I just made that word up, didn't I? Uh, that what is true is that we seek the deeper sense of fulfillment that might include some of those expressions, but they in and of themselves are not the end all and be all of success. They are just part of the journey that we can choose into or not depending on our sense of the keys. So those are the things that I would say success isn't, isn't always based upon. But what then is true success? Well, from our teaching, our founder, Ernest Holmes, talks a lot about true success. We just completed a series uh, based on his book um, about uh, It's Up to You, and we talked a lot about what, how success isn't about the physicality of stuff. It's about something deeper. And I love uh, what Stephen Covey says in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He says, it's essentially easy to get caught in the, in the activity trap, in the busyness of life, to work harder and harder at climbing the ladder of success, only to discover it's leaning against the wrong wall. <laughs> so the right wall, the wall of alignment with success, really has more to do with a deepened sense of connection, a conviction, a sense of what we've been talking about this series, about the, the source, the divine source operating in and through and as at all. And success comes in freeing ourselves into it like we talked about last week and doing the holy sacred work of our inner work to clear the way of our stuff, our inner ideas that no longer serve so that we can free ourselves into a flowing energy of divine godliness that allows us to see and experience and walk forward from this place of center within us to pursue that which we would choose to experience in our lives from this place, from this inner place. Our founder, Ernest Holmes, says to us in It's Up to You, if we had a complete realization of the allness of good and our oneness with God, we would automatically express abundance. He's saying to us that that when we open up and experience that sense of goodness that permeates this universe, that with it comes the realization that we don't have to get anything to experience abundance. We are the abundant nature of the divine. And then we begin to walk forward from that place of consciousness. I'll choose that. I'll choose that. I'll choose that. And so success then is something that the enlightened masters have told us for years is that mystical connectedness. Could it be that the most successful amongst us are really the most deeply spiritual instead of the most powerfully material? 
Could it be that the most successful amongst us have a deep sense of connectedness with the divine such that everything they do and every relationship they have and everywhere they go and everything they acquire is grounded and anchored in an awareness that this too is God in form? Could it be that that is what will be the sense of fulfillment that shows up in our hearts and souls on that day that is ours to step off the earth plane, that we will look back and say, above and beyond anything and everything, I was connected. I was connected to my divine nature. I knew who I was in this life as God. And that that fulfillment in and of itself, is what we're all seeking. I suggest maybe that is true. That maybe Ernest Holmes was right about that. And if that's true, then we get to do what I talked about earlier, begin to ask ourselves, if I resonate with that, if that's what I feel in my heart and soul could be the truth, am I designing a life that would indicate my belief that that is what makes me be and feel truly successful? And if so, then that guides and directs us towards the good that we seek, towards the experience that we seek. And there are four areas that I think then allow us to pursue and embrace that. I'm calling these my not-so-secret secrets of success. Because they aren't secrets. They're things that we hear all the time here at Mile High from this stage, in our classes, from our practitioner prayer partners, from each other, from all of our ministers. We hear all the time these important things. And there are many others. I only have time for four. Otherwise, I could have come with 44, very likely. But I'm landing on what for me feel in my life the top four priorities for truly feeling successful in my daily life. And as you can imagine, as I've talked about throughout this series, and almost every time I get to speak here before you, my first one is going to be all about God, the divine. Knowing myself as the divine, living as the divine, being in touch with the divine, being connected to the divine, stepping into the divine, embracing the divine as my life, seeking it out, practicing it in my daily life. Not only through my spiritual practice, which I believe fervently that every person that I've ever worked with would say to me as I've said to them, you know, what about your spiritual practice? Oh, yeah, 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 I have a spiritual practice. But then people who really get about experiencing that spiritual practice will often come back to me and say, you know, when you told me that, I thought, yeah, everybody says that, but now that I'm doing that, that really is it. That really has done more than anything to help me to feel connected, to help me to feel guided, to help me to feel clear about the steps on my journey. And so I believe in my own life and the lives of people that I have walked this walk with that that kind of practice is important, that it's vital and important that we pay attention to what we are reading and putting into our minds on a daily basis, what we are allowing to pass across the threshold of our awareness, and that it's more important for big 
expansive spiritual thoughts to be a part of our daily experience than it is to be having all sorts of other negative, challenging things. Reading about the joys of the divine versus reading about the challenges of the world of effects. More about the divine. Allowing our mind and expansiveness to experience that possibility to be thinking about and contemplating about the nature of the divine in our lives. To practice awe and wonder by watching nature and watching the sky and watching each other and watching the beauty of beings backstage getting to to hang out with Melissa right here, cute little boy, Melissa and Rama's sweet boy, he's so cute, and hang out with him and play and just enjoy the awe and wonder of him. They have two boys, they're both adorable actually, So, but that one was back there, the younger one. And I just had a blast backstage before coming out. Awe, just awe at the cute adorableness of children and beings everywhere. Allowing ourselves to embrace all that. Being in community like this. Being in this space. This charged, healing space together as spiritual community, a place where we can come and literally set our burdens down and leave them and walk out of here freer because this healing field is big enough and broad enough to handle any burden you or I might bring, bring here. We can embrace it fully and experience freedom from that and be in this healing field. So seeking out, constantly being consciously aware of the divine, the first one. The second one is being me, be you, being our authentic self, learning to be free enough to be who I am, which is often the greatest struggle of our lives. What if my success isn't that I prove to you how impressive I am, what if my true success is I show you who I am, who I really am? And this is the dance that humanity has gone through throughout the ages. Individuals and, and, and groups who have, who have fought in many cases, who have felt oppressed and unable to be their truest authentic self, rising forth and saying, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me, and I'm going to have a voice, and I'm going to speak my truth, and I'm going to come from that center place and show you who I am, and I have a right to be who I am, and I have equal rights to be who I am, and I choose that in my life and in this world, and I will stand for that. And as we watch that dance go on, in whatever realm it goes on in our society, in whatever demographic it goes on in our society, it is a reflection and an invitation for each one of us, are you going to have courage today to be who you are, to speak your truth in your relationships, to tell people who you really are, to show people who you really are from that centered place within to step forward and say, I am this compassionate being. I love to create this. I love to do this. I'm going to be my authentic self. And that takes courage sometimes. Because there's a lot of criticism that goes on in the world, isn't there? There's a lot of critics that want to tell us who we should be, who we shouldn't be, how we should be, how we should look, how we should act, how we should speak, 
what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Some of them are sitting right next to you right now, right? (laughs) Some of them are right in here. And so those critics can have their way. And the biggest inner turmoil that we humans face just about every day of our lives has to do with will the inner critic win or the critics out there who are telling me I can't win or will my own inner spirit that knows the truth of who I am win today? And I feel pretty confident that at the end of my life, to the degree that I have stepped forward in every realm of my life, on this stage, in my personal relationships, in the world, and shouted out with great love and joy the truth of who I am without any need to make you wrong for who you are or have power over anyone else to be like me, but to say with boldness, this is me and I will express myself fully and I will encourage you to do the same to that that degree will we all feel a great sense of success in our lives, for sure. Maya Angelou tells us beautifully, she says that success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Once we step forward into our boldness and our authentic self, There's also another component that I think comes with it that makes us successful. And that's being accountable and responsible for myself at that point. Which is sometimes why we don't choose to do it. Yeah. But it comes along with that. That I get to be accountable for the things I say. And responsible for the things that show up in my life. What I feel clear about is that people who constantly want to be and feel victimized by their conditions, their situations, by other people, by themselves, by not standing out, a lot of that is the genesis of of the challenges we feel in terms of our success, our inability to feel successful or have the courage to pursue the things that we feel would help us feel more successful or experience our true authentic success. It also has to do with sometimes feeling great anxiety and depression for certain people because they have not been willing to be accountable. And being accountable means that I look around at my life and I look at what's occurred in my life, my history, which we talked about extensively last week, the healing of my history, taking responsibility for what's occurred in my life while other people have played roles in our lives and contributed to the experiences we've had, the outcome and what we do with that, how we utilize what's occurred in our life to either build ourselves and other people up or destroy or take other people down is all on us. We are responsible and accountable for ourselves, for our, our perceptions, our thoughts, our stands, our words, our actions, and that we get to take responsibility and allow ourselves to feel successful to the degree that we are accountable. Because what I know is that when I take accountability and, and am able to respond, responsible for my life, that means that I can change things. To the degree that I feel victimized and unable to react or act or feel stuck, I am stuck. And it's hard to feel, it's hard to feel success in any way, shape, or form when I'm there. 
but we can step forward powerfully regardless of the conditions or circumstance of our lives. Whenever I start to feel like I'm not so sure I can do that, I think of one of my personal heroes, which was Viktor Frankl. Victor Frankl endured uh, some of the conditions of humanity that we fear the most, that we can't even begin to imagine what it must be like to be in a Nazi concentration camp, to have your family and all of your possessions and everything that you acquired and worked for to be taken away from you, stripped from you, and living in the worst conditions imaginable. And yet, What he said is, after I realized that they took everything from me, I realized that they couldn't take one thing from me. And that was my own ability to think and use my imagination. The Nazis couldn't take that away from me, he said. And he could spend time in the most horrible conditions, utilizing his mind to imagine things that were more pleasing to him, to imagine scenes that were more pleasing to him, to allow his mind to be utilized, to remember that in this life there is always beauty, there is always compassion, there will always be people who love me, that love is real, to imagine and feel a deeper sense of life itself. And when I'm tempted to think that I can't overcome something, I think of Viktor Frankl. And I remind myself that no matter what conditions I'm facing, the power of my mind is mine and mine alone. And no condition, no person, no experience from the past, present, or future can infringe that ability for me to think forward into the possibilities of my life. Nothing. Nothing. No one. Right? I am responsible and accountable to do that holy sacred work for my mind. For my mind. And the last one that is so important to me in my mind is gratitude. Living in a constant state of gratitude. I'm not talking just about that one day where we have turkey and mashed potatoes or tofurkey for some of us, right? I'm talking about a constant state of gratitude, not only for the good and the beauty, the willingness to walk forward, which is connected to awe from the first one and see the beauty of life and feel constant gratitude for it, but also to be willing to look back on the things and experiences that I might say weren't so successful in my mind. And recognize what every success book will tell us is that every failure is a part of a future success if we'll let it be. I don't believe that we ever fail. Ernest Holmes, our founder, he would say, you have to understand that no mistakes have been made. That in terms of your spiritual path and my spiritual path, everything that occurs contributes to our greatest good if we will let it. And that failure, there's no failed relationships, there's no failed experiences in jobs, or there's no failure in health or illness or any of that. There's no failure. There's only a constant opportunity to deepen into the experience of the divine through the conditions and situations that come into our experience. And that we constantly have an opportunity to grow and shift and change. Maybe we don't understand why the conditions that are in our life are there. 
We can do a little work and often figure it out and understand what they, how they arose in our experience, which is very holy, deep, sacred work. And even if we're not quite sure, what we can begin immediately to have gratitude for is who we become in the midst of the challenges and situations that we have in our lives. In my personal life, if there is a, another opportunity to live again, if there is reincarnation or another opportunity to have a, a different experience, I, I, I'm not so sure that if I was told, hey, you can go back again and be born to two teenage parents who don't know what the heck they're doing and have, a, you know, have them have constant violence and chaos around for, for their young lives, that I'm going to be raising my hand going, yeah, let's do that again. I'm not so sure that I will, but I can tell you that from where I stand now, when I look back on that past, while I may not understand all of it, why it occurred, how it occurred, it has made me who I am today. It's made me who I am today. And there are gifts and things that have emerged in me and compassion and understanding that yes, I probably could have gotten in other ways, but those specific circumstances supported me in growing into the beautiful life I have now. And it's the same for each one of us. There's a speaker named Dr. John D. Martini, who I've had an opportunity to schedule many times in my former community. I've heard speak many times. He tells a story of after a, a speaking experience, a woman came to him and said to him, I have had a horrible life. And he said, what do you mean? And she said, well, my childhood was riddled with horrible abuse, daily abuse and neglect and and violence and pain and suffering, and I just can't get beyond it. I just don't know how to get beyond it. And he said she was very downtrodden and her energy was very low. And standing there in line and talking to somebody, it's sometimes hard to help them, but he said to her, I'm going to ask you a really important question. And she said, what's that? And he said, how did this experience bless your life? And she immediately began to defend it. Say, what do you mean? How could that possibly bless my life? How could being abused and neglected and harmed bless my life? And he said, take a deep breath. And he put his hand on her shoulder. And he looked her in the eyes with love and compassion and said, name one blessing that occurred because of that experience. And so she took a deep breath, and all of a sudden it dawned on her that during those times of abuse, she was able to, in a disciplined way, take her mind to another place, kind of like Viktor Frankl probably did. And that in her life currently, she actually had a pretty successful career And part of what she had to do to be successful was to be able to go into that place on behalf of the clients she worked with. And it had never dawned on her that while that was horrific and wrong, that it had given her that gift. It had given her an ability that now was a foundational ability of her life. And he said it was like it just all started kind of falling away. And she stood there and she said... I have spent countless money on therapist after therapist. I have done all this work. And no one ever asked me that question. No one ever had the courage to ask me that question. 
No one ever pushed me to answer that question. And now that I've answered it, I see, I see how it may have blessed me. And it changed her life forever. I invite us today, this week, to consider the keys to our success, our sense of success. Whether it's these keys that I've outlined today, being in touch with the divine, being the authentic self, being accountable for my life, and living in gratitude. And consider whether these keys or any others might support us in setting ourselves free to truly live in the power of success. And I'd like to close with a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, the same gentleman who gave us the bloated nothingness we talked about last week, who says to us to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a little bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition. To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have success. This is to have success. As Dr. Wayne Dyer would say to us, don't die with your music left in you. Let it out. Let it out. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.